Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. This morning in our Old Testament reading and in the Gospel, we hear two very different encounters with God. First, in the first book of Kings, where the prophet Elijah, well, the prophet Elijah is done. Elijah has tried to be a good person. He has preached and taught and pressured and cajoled the people of Israel to forsake their wicked ways and return to their covenant with the Lord. But Israel has not listened. According to Elijah, the Israelites have forsaken God's covenant, thrown down God's altars, and killed God's prophet with the sword. I alone am left. Woe to the prophet. But God, as God often does with prophets as well as regular folks, God then reveals himself to, God, to Elijah as a sign of God's presence and God's support of him and his ministry. But notice how God does it, not in some dramatic, over-the-top, Cecil B. DeMille kind of way, but in silence. There was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks and pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of sheer silence, and when Elijah heard it, he went out. For it was the silence, not the fire, not the wind, not the earthquake or the breaking rocks, but the silence where God was present. Elijah encounters God in the silence. Switching gears to our gospel, we find Peter and the rest of the apostles encountering God in the opposite way, not in silence, but in a storm. The scene is, this scene is immediately following last week's feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus dismisses the crowds and goes off to pray while the apostles get into a boat to cross the sea. And during the night, a storm blows in. Waves batter their small ship, and great gusts of wind prevent our intrepid argonauts from escaping the tempest. And so they are afraid. And the degree of the apostles' fear surprises me. I do not blame them. If I had been a boat, I would have, if I had been in that boat, I would have freaked out too. But these are actual fishermen. They're not landlubbers. These are hardened, sea-worn, people of the deep. Haven't they been through this kind of thing before? I don't fault them for their fear. I am merely surprised that they are not more 
wizened to the fact that the storms are part of the life at sea. In the same way that you or I might expect a certain amount of office politics at work or a machine to break down, life is not always going to be, pardon the pun, smooth sailing. So their degree of fear strikes me as odd. It kind of reminds me of Elijah. But God, once again, God is made known to allay the fears and gird the souls of God's people. Even amid the expected trials and tribulations, God is there. Jesus appears, walking on the water, and he says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And note that while Jesus appears amid the storm, he does not calm the storm at first. The storm rages on as Peter and Jesus engage in that unfortunate walking-on-the-water incident. Poor Peter, he tries so hard and almost always falls flat on his face. He gives me so much hope. Jesus, is not, Jesus does not solve the problem, not at first. We are, we are reminded that even in the most challenging or painful times, God is present. And God is with us in the storm. So we are presented with two very different encounters with God this morning. One encounter in the silence and the other in the storm. But both, regardless of setting, accomplish the same purpose. God's support for God's beloved in their time of need. When I was in college, the rector of the local Episcopal church was a guy named Stephen. Stephen was a true Renaissance man. The parish was quite small, and so it was only a part-time job. And he filled the rest of his hours by tending a small herd of beef cattle, coaching the college's women's tennis team, and raising two teenage daughters. His calendar must have been quite confusing. And he had an amazing testimony about being called to be a priest. He, was a, he, he went to college at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and he was living a fairly typical college lifestyle. We won't go into further detail. And one weekday night, Jesus himself appeared at the foot of his bed. Stephen, Jesus said, why are you, what are you doing with your life? Follow me. And after that, Stephen resolved to be a priest. Well, after hearing Stephen's story, I went home to my own dorm room, lay on my own bed, and said aloud to the darkness, Okay, God, here I am. Where are you? I'd been thinking about this priest thing for a while, but I assumed that if I was meant to be a priest, some big moment would occur that would let me know what direction God had for my life. But Jesus never appeared. As a matter of fact, he never has. I keep expecting this priest thing to be confirmed by some physical manifestation of the holy, some ghost on the water, some fire or wind. 
but that hasn't happened. I don't mean to imply that I live in some dark night of the soul, far from it, but Jesus has still never appeared at the foot of my bed. Perhaps it's because of my snoring. But I have come to know God and sense God and at times am filled to the brim with God in ways more varied and subtle and nuanced than I am able to anticipate. All of us can encounter God, not solely to confirm major occasions or answer great questions, but we can encounter God every day. And that awareness of God's presence grants to us a quantum of solace, a sense of security, and the strength to meet the challenges ahead. Especially in this pandemic season, I have felt God most palpably in the unlikely and the unceremonious, playing with children on the floor, laughing around the dinner table with old friends, savoring the artistry of a great painting, listening to music. I do not claim to have arrived at some high level of enlightenment. All too often, I search for God and come up short. But my prayer for all of us this morning, in the spirit of Elijah and Peter and all of us who search for God and strive to find God, is that we become more aware of the constant presence of God and God's ability to be manifest in both big and small ways. As Paul wrote to the church in Rome, the word is near you and on your lips and in your heart. Or as Gandalf says to Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, look out for me, especially at unlikely times. God can be present in the storms of our life in bold and masterful ways. And we can feel closest to Christ in the silence, in the quiet times, and in the mundane that suddenly becomes something more, there God is found and there God will be made known. You will encounter God in ways that you cannot even imagine. Amen.